You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Rico Mohammed, coming to you live tonight from Dakula, Georgia sitting here at the uh, Publix Grocery Store Warehouse making a delivery tonight. But nevertheless, we are trying to make sure that we deliver to you some good content. So we're, by hook or crook, we're going to make it happen tonight. I'm going to be joined by a special guest, good friend of the show here in a little bit. But before we get into that, we're going to start off the show as we normally do, and we're going to jump directly into this week's USDA truck rate report. There is a link of the report up on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page for your viewing pleasure. As I've always stated, uh, we only skim over the top portion of this report. There's about four or five pages to this report that you can actually click on that link, go to, and try to uh, glean from it as much information as you possibly can to help better your operation. So tonight we have only one market that is showing a shortage, and it's kind of a conundrum like it has been for the past couple of weeks because we're – Florida is kind of schizophrenic right now, and as, and as we get further into the report, you'll see what I mean. But right now there's a shortage being reported in Central and South Florida. Let me fix that audio right now before we go any further. There is a um, – shortage of trucks in Central and South Florida they, um, that's being reported right now. So th that is an area that may present some opportunities for you if you're working the spot market. I advise with extreme caution, make sure that you've got something lined up before you position your truck into Florida. I've been hearing different mixed reports coming out of Florida right now. Produce season should be booming. But uh, I've been hearing a lot of mixed reports, so work your relationships that you have. If you don't have any directs in Florida, you don't have any direct customers that you can deal with, work your relationships with your brokers before you get into Florida. Make sure you get your money on the front end, so that way if you got to come out on the back end just wearing your shirt, it won't feel too bad because you, 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 at least you had enough money to buy your pants before you went down into Florida. Um, Moving directly along, that is the only market that is showing a slight shortage right now. Moving up to the next category, which is a slight shortage, we have several markets reporting slight shortages of trucks. Those markets are Central San Joaquin Valley, California, Kern District, California, Oxnard District, California, Salinas Watsonville, California, Santa Maria, California. South Florida, Vidalia District, Georgia, those markets that I just rattled off are all reporting slight shortages, which means that there could be some potential opportunities to be had there on the spot market if you're working that spot market freight. Also, if you happen to stay in some of these areas, don't just, you know, we're, we're trying to give you information, but we want to try to make sure that you're using this information to the best of your abilities as well. 
if you stay in these areas, might be a good opportunity. Make sure you click on this report. See exactly what it is they're shipping. See if you can't develop and cultivate some of these shippers in those areas so that you can, if you stay there, that gives you a, a heads up, gives you a, 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 a decided advantage in those particular marketplaces. All you got to do is take the time to make sure that you're developing and cultivating those relationships and it could potentially have a tremendous payout for you. So those are that's the good side of the report. We always want to know where the shortages are. Now we want to be aware of where there may be some surpluses. And this is the portion of the report where you want to take some time, if you're working on the spot market, to make sure that you are doing your due diligence before you go into an area and get yourself in a bad position where you can't get a, get a, um, a good rate coming out of that area or you may be sitting for a day or two because there is just a oversupply of trucks in those areas. So these areas that are showing a slight surplus of trucks, and like I said, Florida has been kind of schizophrenic, and one of the areas that's showing a slight surplus is Florida. Now, I know I just rattled off that there were slight shortages and shortages in different parts of Florida. This is why I'm saying make sure that you are working your relationships. Because you will, you, you, it, it's it's just all over the board right now in Florida. So there's no real good way to really predict what is going on and what is happening in that portion of the country. Uh, other areas which that are reporting slight surpluses: Columbia Basin, Washington; Yakima Valley, Winchy District, Washington; and Central Wisconsin. Those areas are all reporting slight surpluses and areas that are reporting outright surplus of trucks San Luis Valley Colorado Minnesota North Dakota Red River Valley uh, those areas are reporting outright surpluses so that's going to wrap up this portion of the USDA fruit and vegetable truck rate report there is a link to the full report right there on the rates and lanes with Rico Muhammad Facebook page that you can click on and take you directly to that report, and you can get into a lot more in-depth information than what we have time to cover here on the podcast. Moving right along, jumping into this week's DAT Trend Lines report, rates rose. Uh, this report is from, from April 23rd through the 29th. Rates rose for all trailer types in the month of April and load-to-truck ratios were above seasonal norms. Signaling a strong start to the second quarter, last week's rates held steady for reefers and flatbeds while van rates dipped by one cent. Let's take a look and jump into the U.S. van demand and capacity portion of the DAT trend lines report for the week of the 20, April 23rd through the 29th. Nationally, low postings increased by 4% last week, while truck postings increased by 8%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to decline by 4% from 3.6 loads per truck down to 3.4 loads per truck. The national average van rate was lower last week compared to the previous week. This week, we had... Um, some market movements, taking a look back historically, van load postings declined by 5% in April compared to March, 
truck postings declined 12% during that same time span, which led to an 8% increase in the national load-to-truck ratio at 3.5 van loads per truck. The ratio was up 127% from where it was in April of 2016. Want to take a look at Diesel fuel prices as well. Diesel fuel prices dropped by 0.8%. So the national diesel average right now is sitting at $2.58 per gallon. Nationally, we have a spot market load-to-truck ratio for dry vans at 3.4 loads per truck. Let's take a look and see how the U.S. van rates were performing over the week of April 23rd through the 29th. And spot market van rates dipped by one cent last week down to $1.67 per mile on average. Van rates increased in Los Angeles and California markets but fell in the Philadelphia and Chicago markets. Uh, the national average van rate increased by four cents in April compared to March. At $1.67 per mile, the national average rate was $0.17 cents higher than April 2016, just to give you some historical data. Now, going back, taking a look around the country, we're going to break it down by region. Starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania being the representative city, shows average spot market rates for dry vans at $1.68 on the outbound side. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia being the representative city, showing outbound rates for dry vans at $1.92 per mile. Moving back up into the Midwestern portion of the United States, Chicago, Illinois checking in, showing spot market rates for dry vans at $1.91 per mile. Moving down into the south-central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas checking in, showing average spot market rates at $1.63. Moving over to the left coast, the west coast, Los Angeles, California, comes out both guns blazing, showing an average spot market rate of $2 per mile for dry vans coming out of the Los Angeles market. Moving on, jumping on over into the U.S. flatbed segment of the DAT Trend Lines report. For the week of April 23rd through the 29th, last week flatbed load postings increased by 2%, while truck postings increased by 10%. That caused the flatbed load-to-truck ratio to decline by 7% to 44.5 loads per truck. Now, if you call that a decline... <laughs> I don't know, uh, but right now, flatbeds is where it's at. Uh, finishing up on the report, which is still the, the 44.5 loads per truck, is still extremely high. The national average flatbed rate was unchanged compared to the previous week. Uh, compared to March, flatbed load postings rose by 3% in April, while truck postings declined by 14%. That pushed the load-to-truck ratio up 19% from 3% from excuse me, from 36.6 up to 43.7 loads per truck nationally compared to April 2016, the load-to-truck ratio has soared by 102%.
nationally right now as it sits, the uh, load-to-truck ratio for flatbeds sits at 44.5 loads per truck. Let's take a look, and I uh, really am excited to, to see this. And if you are a flatbed or flatbed is your operation, I know you're probably pretty excited too. Uh, let's take a look and see how the rates were performing on the spot market for flatbeds for the week of April 23rd through the 29th. Last week, spot market flatbed rates were unchanged compared to the previous week, holding steady at a national average of $2.07 per mile. Let's take a look around the country. Well, before we go there, let me give you some historical data. Flatbed rates increased by $0.04 cents in April compared to March. The national average of $2.07 per mile was $0.17 cents higher than it was a year ago in April. So now let's take a look by region for flatbeds on the spot market, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States. Coming out of Harrisburg, PA, we have uh, spot market rates for flatbeds at $3.29 per mile on average. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia being the representative city, showing average spot market rates at $2.42 per mile for flatbeds. Moving up into the Midwestern portion of the United States, Rock Island, Illinois, checking in, showing flatbed rates on the spot market at $2.72 per mile on average. Dropping down into the south central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas, checking in, showing average spot market rates at $2.20 per mile. And moving out west to the west coast, actually coming out of Phoenix, Arizona, Unlike the drive-ins, they're bringing up the rear with the flatbed portion of the report, showing only a poultry $1.77 per mile uh, for flatbeds on the spot market coming out of Phoenix, Arizona. And jumping on over into this week's reefer demand and capacity report. Last week, reefer load postings declined by 5% while truck postings increased by 10%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to fall 13% down to 5.8 loads per truck nationally. The national average spot market rate for reefers was unchanged compared to the previous week. Uh, giving you a little bit of historical data, reefer load postings declined by 5% in April compared to March. Truck postings declined by 11%, which caused the load-to-truck ratio to increase by 6% from 6.2 to 6.6 .6 loads per truck nationally. Compared to April of 2016, the load-to-truck ratio is up by 134%. Right now, uh, we are sitting at 5.8 loads per truck nationally for reefers. Let's jump over and take a look and see how reefer rates were performing over the previous week. The national average reefer rate held steady at $1.94 per mile last week. Outbound reefer rates rose, however, in several regional markets, including that kind of tied this together. Uh, the markets that are showing that the improvement rates rose in is Lakeland, Florida. So we talked about Central and South Florida being a uh, having a shortage of trucks. 
Lakeland, Florida is directly smack dab right there in the middle of Florida. So that is Central Florida territory. They are showing that rates did increase significantly out of that marketplace. So that's something to consider. But like I said, giving you caution, make sure that you got a relationship. Try to line something up and don't don't sell the form just to say, okay, well, I need to get to Florida now. Uh, and, and you sell yourself short, and, and you get yourself in a predicament. Be cautious right now. The next area, McAllen, Texas, and Elizabeth, New Jersey, all of those areas showed significant rate increases in those areas. Let's take a look around the country. Speaking of Elizabeth, New Jersey, that's going to be the rest representative city for the uh, rates from around the country in the nor uh, out of coming out of the northeastern portion of the United States, showing average spot market rates out of Elizabeth at $1.67 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Lakeland, Florida, once again, that hot bed subject that we've been talking about, Florida, the average spot market rates coming out of Lakeland is $1.73 per mile. Moving up into the uh, Midwest portion of the United States, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Once again, referring back to the USDA report, parts of Wisconsin were showing that they had a surplus of trucks. But Green Bay seems to be one of those tried and true areas where the rate doesn't really fluctuate a whole, whole lot uh, on the spot market side. Uh, so spot market rates coming out of Green Bay, leading the pack nationally, at $2.64 per mile. Dropping down into the uh, south, the central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas, coming out of that Rio Grande, $2.04 per mile coming out of uh, the south central portion of the United States. And wrapping up this week's DAT trend lines report on rates coming out of the left coast, Fresno, California, showing average spot market rates for reefers at $2.05 per mile. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap that up. There is also a link to this report on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page. If you like to have this report for your own pleasure, you can go over there, click on that report, check it out. And without any further ado, I posted an article and this is going to kind of guide our discussion for tonight. I posted an article on the Race and Lanes Facebook page this morning titled Six Steps to Developing a Small Business Marketing Budget. And one of the things that, um, that we are always advocating here on the Race and Lanes podcast is get away from, as best you can, go ahead and try to develop yourself some direct customers. Go ahead and develop yourself a geographical region of the country that you are going to service. You cannot be all things to all people, and you're going to run yourself, you and your truck, raggedy by always just trying to chase a dollar. I understand the concept, and yes, you can make a pretty good living. And if you happen to be a single individual and, you know, and that's all that you, by all means, knock yourself out. Um, but if you happen to be someone that does have a family, you happen to be someone that, um, you know, you, you, you're tired of the treatment that you have been receiving by dealing primarily with brokers and, all, and you just constantly are complaining about 
They're not negotiating with me. They're not doing this. Well, stop talking about what it is that they're not doing and take a look in the mirror and see what it is that you are not doing. And developing, going, trying to develop yourself a marketing budget goes a long way into that. And with that being said, we're going to talk about some of these subjects. We're going to break this thing down and get into it here in just a little bit. But, um, but talking about some of that stuff, I want to go ahead and bring on my special guest co-host, uh, good friend of the show. Some of you guys know him, some of you don't. Uh, I, I like, I definitely wanted to bring bring him on because he he stirs the pot a little bit. He gets a little of you guys excited, and I, I kind of like that. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna give you full disclosure. I kind of like it when he does that um, because it gets some of you guys agitated, and it gets you sh- it shakes you up, and it gets you out of that comfort zone, which is a good thing. Because nothing is going to happen to you while you're in that comfort zone. So with that being said, I want to bring my good friend on, guy that has been killing it with his operation, getting ready to expand again. And uh, I'll tell you, he doesn't even have a subscription to a load board. I know his operation is a little bit different, but some of the things that he does, we can implement as well. Let's welcome my good friend, George Heck, to the show. George, are you there? Well, that took an awful lot to get to that point. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I just want to know now, now do a quick, you know, check of the numbers on there. I want to know how many start dropping off of the call because I'm on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, they you don't know, hate you but, that bad, my friend. They don't hate you uh, that bad. You know, Rico, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to quote my friend Emerson from the West Coast. And, uh, you know, as he, he likes to throw out every so often, you know, there's a lot of people out there that think that, you know, I changed careers, which, which I guess I did, but, you know, we decided for me to leave the sales industry after 16 years and Kim and I, you know, decided literally about five years ago to the week to start our, you know, to put a plan together to start the business. But, you know, we did it because we wanted to, not that we were forced to, didn't lose a job, didn't do anything, but I saw the need, you know, and, you know, the customers out there that were yearning, to be taken care of, you know, as I've said before, and I just brought it up with, you know, one of my largest customers yesterday, you know, customers out here are settling for mediocre service because they think, well, it's trucking. It's just the way it is. No, it doesn't have to be that way. And it's really not that hard, but, you know, it made me think, you know, when you posted that um, link this morning about marketing, it's something that is important that I think we should touch on. I think the way I handle and do things are, is definitely a lot different than what others are going to do. But what you want, I think, out of your marking is, okay, how can I be in somebody's mind at all sorts of different times? And whether that's with me giving out T-shirts or hoodies, uh, we do our calendars every year, which is a poster size that gets put up in the, in the shipping office or out on the dock. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's not worth it. Well, you know what? You, you are subliminally, in a sense, in front of that customer all day long. I mean, I screwed up last year in that my calendars weren't done in time. You know, and this year I want them done by December so I can get them out. But, you know, everything got busy. I didn't have time to get it. I was too busy working and running last year. Um, but we are working hard this year to grow and expand. I've got two trucks going on the road. This week, these are trucks I bought in the last five months. One was a month ago. One was back in December. But the timing wasn't right. The first quarter was a little soft. And, uh, you know, I've got one customer in particular that is helping me build to grow. And and they took on 
you know, uh, some expansion that is going to, you know, increase them by about 25% this year. So to be part of that, you know, you definitely want to be part of that. Um, but, you know, we're, what, you know, so, I mean, in a nutshell, I own four trucks right now, but the first one that I started the company with is going to be replaced. But, you know, everything's a scramble now of getting trucks on the road and getting IFTA and getting my hut sticker and, and all this. But you, you've got to have a plan. But like you were saying with the marketing, is it's just something to be in front of them, even a pen. But pens get lost and people steal pens. Probably shouldn't even say this. You know, right. a lot of times I go in, I, I see a competitor's pen. Well, I don't like to leave it there. <laughs> well, they, you know? they say business and warfare, business and warfare are very closely related. So you definitely, you know, what I'm saying that's 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 kind of that art of war um, tactics going on there. I want to take a second going back and using the uh, article. I don't know if you had that in front of you, but I want to kind of touch on each one of these things to kind of give our audience a little bit of a. Um, um, like I said, the, the article is up and on board at the Rates and Lanes Facebook page. You can kind of use it as a template to go off of. But, uh, George, taking step number one that they have here in the article, and maybe I know that your step is a little bit more unorthodox, and, and it, I, I know that you got with your sales background and that you have been extremely successful with growing your company and growing your, growing your business, you know, um, you might be able to take some of these things and break them down and tell us, okay, yeah, you might, you might, that might be useful. Some of that might not be so useful. Some of the things that you can glean from this article to help, you know what I'm saying, maybe cut our learning curve down a little bit and maybe improve upon it. So with that being said, okay. um, number one, that's, that's on the number one bullet point on here, knowing your sales funnel, building an effective marketing budget requires a deep dive into your sales funnel where you'll track the results and revenue cycles from perspectives from prospects to customers, harvesting the data from your marketing and automated software, or CRM, which makes the process relatively simple. Just want to add this other thing portion on here. Of course, as Chuck Snow, our resident mentor, always talks about, you know, we're, we're accountants that know how to drive trucks. So we definitely need to be knowing our numbers, but the other portion of that, you know, we need to be knowing our co- you know, when it comes to our cost of operations, so on and so forth. But do we have an adequate way to actually track a potential customer through a sales funnel? And what what is a sales funnel? Can you break some of that stuff down and maybe explain some of that to us, break it down into a little bit more of a layman's terms? Well, more of what I'm going to see is with the sales funnel is going to come down to that – I don't want to word this. I mean, you have to – knock on and pound on a lot of doors and a lot of relationships to get things going because, you know, a lot needs to go into the funnel to come out. It's like, um, you know, the, 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 the stats that I've posted and I remember I shared it first, I think it was three years ago with Kevin Rutherford and he brought it up on the show of the amount of contacts that you need to make with a customer to get your business. And I'm even saying not even just, you know, from a direct customer. Yes. For me, that is what our business model is about. But, um, you know, to go back on what I said earlier, you know, to quote Emerson, Emerson calls me the, you know, overnight success that so many people said, Oh, well, he just got lucky. Well, no, this has been over 20 years in the making of, of getting to the point. I mean, you know, honestly, Kim and I can say that we have had, 
you know, our business plan for 20 years. It just wasn't the right time. You know, when we first met and we'll be 19, uh, married 19 years this year, it wasn't the right time to put the business plan in place. Didn't have the resources, didn't have the connections and the connections were gold. Um, you know, and, but what, what I saw after my years of calling on these customers is the need for the type of business we do. Um, because they kept asking me, you know, with everyone that I had been employed, you know, three carriers of, can you do this? Can you do this? Nope. And so many times you're turning it down. Well, after a while, you, a light, a switch goes off and light goes on saying, wait a minute, everyone's asking for this and nobody offers it. Um, now there are some, but it's, you know, it's the way you build, but I mean, that sales funnel, you've got to put a lot in there and it's slow to come out if you want to stay on the bottom. Um, you know, some of what I, you know, as I mentioned, what I do with the marketing isn't going to work for a lot of people. I mean, if you're just a one truck, well, I don't even want to say just a one truck because when I first started it, it was we were just a one truck. Um, but we kind of had a pretty big presence here in town, and that is growing. I mean, when we first started, I remember some of my, you know, competitors, sales reps, you know, that either, you know, paid no attention were like, oh, yeah, he bought a truck. Good for him. Well, I've run into a few of those people this this year, and they're just like, wow, you're doing some big things. And now I'm hearing more and more that they're going around to customers and they're asking, hey, do you do anything with George? And, you know, obviously I'm making a a name for ourselves, and I'm really, you know, haven't been out selling and pushing as much as as I want. Um, And that is some of our goal this year. I mean, I, you know, my, my miles went down last year. You know, from seventy-three thousand the year before, I think to sixty-eight thousand personally. My, you know, myself last year, and I'd like to see myself, you know, into the low forties this year. But you know, then I I need to get out and sell because you know we're building this monster and you have to feed it. You know, I mean, you know, we're gonna have a bill coming in for insurance for three trucks and two hundred fifty thousand in cargo liability and five trailers, and that all needs to be planned for so when the insurance bill comes in you don't say oh my god now what that's not how business works you've got to plan you got to know what you're doing what's going on but you know as you're going through this with a marketing um, discussion you have to know what your target audience is you you know as you mentioned earlier you cannot be everything to everyone Um, you know customer called me today about a move going to El Paso I said, you know what? I'm really not going to be a fit, but let me see if I can put something together. Because anything I'm going to do to El Paso, I'm going to end up just coming home empty. I've done it before. I've done others. You know, if I can put the right things together, I will. Um, But I'm not going out selling myself as, oh, I'm a 48-state carrier servicing, you know, the United States, and I'll also touch on Canada and Mexico. They're going to look at you and laugh, saying, you know what, you can't do that because I'll never be where they need to be. You've right. got to focus on what you're going to do and what you're going to do well and also what kind of freight you want to move. And and just with full disclosure for everybody that may be listening in, we may have some new people listening in. They may not be familiar with you, George, um, but, but George, you, you, you do have a, a little bit of a unique niche operation that you that you guys have, but that's one of the things that – goes into what we always talk about here on the Rates and Lanes because we don't want the people that are taking the time to listen to our podcast that are availing themselves to the information that we're trying to put out there, 
you're not the average Joe Schmo anyway. You're not one of the, you're actually one of the people that are trying that that are that is looking forward that doesn't mind a challenge. You may still be a little bit uh, got one toe dipped in the water. You 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 kind of in your comfort zone maybe a little bit, but you're wanting you're wanting to take the leap. You're wanting to take the plunge. And one of the things that we always advocate here is trying to find your niche, find what it is that you can get into that's going to differentiate yourself from the rest of the crowd. Because if you are competing with the rest of the crowd, then you're just a commodity at that point. Now, there, even if you are in the commodity space, there are still some different things that you can do to service your customer and build relationships to where you still may be able to charge a little bit of a premium, but you're not going to be able to get those 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 rich, rich numbers that, you know, uh, that, that – that you that you are able been able to accomplish with your operation, George. Um, well, but, but the main yeah. thing that I the, the main thing that I want people to really understand and and, and, to, and to I guess take a hold of is getting out of that comfort zone and building up the courage to um, get started with your marketing with your sales process. Because as a business owner, one of the things that I've noticed about our industry, trucking industry, and, you know, we kind of had a conversation a little earlier. We are spoiled. Owner-operators and small carriers in this industry are totally spoiled and ill-equipped to actually be in business because we are so used to being able to go and buy a subscription to a load board service, and that is our um pool of fish to shoot out of, so to speak. You know, we're shooting fish out of the barrel by dealing with the low boys primarily. And yeah, we can get started that way and yeah, we can use that to 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 make little gaps in our business or hell, most of us are using that for the majority of our business. But to actually really call yourself a true entrepreneur, you have to go out here and you have to sell. And so many people are so intimidated by the sales process. It's, I, I understand it. I get it. I also feel those anxieties. But I have to, if I want to be successful, I have to kick myself in the backside and force myself to kind of get over myself and get out there, get out of that comfort zone, and start trying to make something happen. And just to reiterate, when we was talking about feeding that sales funnel, just to give you guys, if you're running what we call here, we like to call it the dumbbell concept, if you've got two different geographical areas, a good round number, and it's going to see, seem a little bit extreme, but if you, in each one of your marketplaces, I would advise you to try to find at least 1,000 in each of your marketplace because you may be able to, you know, once you get into the groove of things, you may be able to convert maybe 3% of that, maybe. And that, that's probably a, a really high conversion. But don't let that intimidate you. But you got to kiss a lot of frogs in order to get to your prince, as the, as the old saying goes. Um, George, anything you want to say about that before we move on to the next bullet point, knowing your operational uh, costs? Yeah, you know, you've got, you know, there's just, and I don't want anyone to think that even myself after, you know, I mean, you know, in freight sales it was 20 years, but even prior to that, um, you know, I was, you know, when I was growing up in the animal field, I was involved in sales and I was involved with 
dealing with the different folks when we were hauling the zoo animals all over the country when I was, a, you know, I just was around people that did it all the time. Um, you know, but you, you have to have that fire in your belly to believe in what you're selling and what you're doing. And, and, you know, that excitement that you have ends up getting pushed out to the customer because they see it and they want to be part of it. There's nothing that America or human nature doesn't like more is to see the ambition and excitement of somebody building and growing something. You know what? They don't want to hear about you. Oh yeah. Well, I I blew a tire. Oh, well, you know what? Guess what? We have 18 of them or, or less if you're on singles. It happens. You hit a curve and things go wrong. You know, I mean, deal with it. It's part of the business. If you don't like dealing with all of that, you know what? Go work for somebody and let somebody else do that for you. I mean, but I mean, if you're going, you know, it makes me think of um, today's the 90 day probationary, you know, finish for my employee that we hired. Um, actually, the same week I had to let my first one go. Um, but, you know, he did pretty much reefer and, and grocery warehouses. He cannot, he's having a tough time comprehending when I said to him, I said, listen, you take ownership for your run. You get to know the customers. You tell them, you know, they're always expecting you. They're always waiting for you. You're not waiting online anywhere. Maybe occasionally you're going to get to know them. They are going to be your friends, and this is going to be easy. I mean, I met him in Binghamton, and he would have been home 530 today in Rochester, and he did six stops between Delaware and Philly. And, you know, but nothing was, you know, he didn't have anything that, like, aggravated him. And when he did his work previously for the company he worked for for four years, it was reefer. It was grocery. He had to deal with people saying, you know what, just go park out in the lot and we'll call you when we're ready. You know, that's, that's not what I want to do, but he now is seeing the excitement of like, man, these people like seeing me. Well, you know what, when you do that and, and build, and it's all in the relationships, it's not just me, it's him. And he is the one that becomes gold to me. But you know, we, we see an industry here where we have drivers and, you know, owner-operators that, you know, I, I probably piss off some people here, but they've essentially just bought themselves a job, and they happen to own a truck. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. Jumping on in the bullet point number two, we'll touch on this one really quickly because we, we, we kind of talk about this one all the time. Knowing your operational costs, that's really a biggie. Um, you got to be on top of your numbers. I was going over my costs for um, – I was doing my books for the month of um, March last week. I was um, – excuse me. <laughs> there, well, I was doing April. I was doing last month, closing out last month's books, sitting there doing my numbers. I'm looking at information. I'm saying to myself, holy crap, I got I to gotta get my stuff together. I, I was uh, – got a couple of brokers that I was dealing with. Uh, didn't really want to wait on the money, took the uh, quick pay fees. And when I sat down and added everything up for the month, for that month, I paid out over $500, $500 that I earned, mind you, over $500 in quick pay fees. Now, what could I have done with that 500 I mean, you talk about making a marketing budget. Hell, what, would, what, could you, what kind of marketing budget could you have for $500 a month, you know, just, Multiply that times 12. I mean, just think about that. The money that you may be saying, well, I don't have the money in my operation to be able to to do any kind of marketing. You may be saying that having that conversation with yourself. Well, how can you cut costs and put the money back to your bottom line? That right there 
you know, I, I just wanted to be 100% transparent with you guys, my audience, to let you know, hey, I, I'm looking at it myself, and the things that I'm trying to share with you, I'm also trying to implement into my operation. I'm trying to grow and do different things as well to try to better myself. And, you know, and we're just trying. We're like one big family. I'm bringing that information to you guys, sharing it with you, and, and hopefully, you know, we can gain some of that stuff from one another. George, knowing your operational cost, how big is that when it goes in the, uh, um, for your market? You know, it, it, it is very huge, but I'll also say right here, and I've said it to all my friends, and hopefully Kim doesn't hear this, I am not good about keeping my numbers straight. I, you know, I know a lot in the head. I know where it is. But, you know, when, when you know, you made the comment and, and felt you like you flubbed and said, oh, well, you know, I, about doing March. Well, <laughs> I don't want to tell you where I stand, but I mean, I, I do know where they are. But, you know, when you when you really get down and put it all together and start entering it and looking at it, oh, it's enlightening. Right. You know, it, it, it wakes you up and to say, wow, I spent that much on it. I mean, let, let's say as an example, I don't know what your situation is, but let's say somebody right there, you know, is factoring all of their stuff or doing quick pay, call it what you want to call it. You were at 500. Let's say somebody's like, oh, well, we're running a team or we're not, and you know, we're doing it for everything. Well, let's say they're doing $1,000 a month. That's 12000 a year. Well, geez, if your engine goes right. down, well, hey, that's that's you know, darn near close to a you know an in-frame. not a cat platinum in-frame, but you know it, this is stuff that you need to see and understand, and you can't see it until the numbers are there in your face. Right, and and that that goes back to uh, other things. Going back to point number one, uh, I don't know if we touched on that too much, but when going into your sales funnel. Going back also with your, um, if you have some type of way to make sure that you're tracking your numbers, or some type of, I don't know whether or not if you're doing it in a software format or whatever, I personally, I am using uh, ITS Dispatch so that I run all of my loads through there and I, I funnel that through my QuickBooks. So just so that I have a database of all my customers, uh, it, it lets me know where everything is same thing applies, and it, it lets me know, you know, it, get, it helps me to be able to quickly do my numbers. If you're using, um, I said ITS Dispatch, but we also want to uh, uh, go back and, and make sure that we plug Kevin Rutherford's operation. You know, if you're using if you're using any of his operations, you know, he has accounting software as well. If you're using any of that stuff, if you take the time one day out of the month, at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month, to sit down and do your numbers and, and try to stay on top of them. It is a very uh, empowering. It may make you mad, but hopefully it pisses you off. So maybe you see something in there like it did me. It pisses you off enough to maybe want to do something about it and, 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 and uh, make, some, make the changes that you need to make in order to make your business a lot better than it could be. Well, and, you know, and, and one thing that we use primarily, you know, for our invoicing and, and a lot, uh, so much else for our business is QuickBooks. QuickBooks is incredible. Um, I have used Absolutely. profit gauges, um, and I do like profit gauges, but I think as we're growing, we're kind of outgrowing that. But, you know, uh, you know, I have some friends that I'd share this info with, but when you can go into QuickBooks at the end of the year or look at a fiscal quarter, you know, I can go back to last year and say, okay, 
how much revenue did that truck generate? How much did that truck generate? Okay, if I had that and that, I mean, you know, I sold my old step deck uh, about a month ago. I went back and I said, okay, how much revenue has that $8,000 step deck generated in, you know, I think it was three years I owned it, four years, and it generated $178,000 in revenue. And, you know, and then we sold it for $4,000, whatever. But, I mean, you know, these are things that kind of have you open your eyes and say, okay, is this good? Is this not good? Um, but, I mean, if you're just kind of throwing it out there, and I, I don't know how people utilize – what they utilize for invoicing anymore. You know, a lot of people are having factoring companies doing that. My big issue with that is, right, right. you know, a lot of these factoring companies are tied to carriers. Uh, you know what? One one fit big thing that's gold in sales is a sales lead. If you're factoring all your stuff, you have literally given everything to somebody else. They're seeing who the shipper is, who the consignee is, and who the rate is. George, we got a lot of people on the line. We got about 15 minutes left in the show. I okay. want to speed it up a little bit. Um, if you guys, if you got questions, like we got a bunch of people on the line tonight. So George, you didn't scare anybody off. You actually got them on the edge of the seat. Um, <laughs> if you got, if you got questions about anything that we've talked about right now thus far, press number one. That puts you in the in the caller queue. We'll get to you. Try to get you in, squeeze you in before we get get up and get out of here. Um, I did not go into the bad broker report for this for this week, but. We, we'll, we'll, we'll put that off. Uh, we're, we're having such a, a good conversation. I want to get try to cover the next uh, couple of steps on this um, on this marketing budget. Step number three ties one and two all the way together. Very important. Setting your marketing budget based on your business goals. I talked about we talk about knowing your numbers. Uh, I always talked about one of the things that I like to do is especially for people that are getting started uh, doing projections. Sit down with your numbers. You may not know if you're, especially if you're getting started, you may not know where you where you sit or whatever. But you can get information from different people to to and and um, see what their costs are, so on and so forth. And if you are a person that knows what your costs are, you can actually sit down and do projections for your numbers to say, okay, I, how many days out of the month am I actually going to work? How many miles? You know, what 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 kind of revenue do I want to generate in this month time frame? So step number three on this process is setting your marketing budget based on your business goals. I think that is an excellent, excellent uh, um, point to make. Um, number four, I'm going to run through these a couple real quickly. Number four is position marketing as an investment and not a cost. That is tremendously important as well because at the end of the day, it is an investment. It is a um, – Yes, yeah, it may cost you some money, but it's a, it's also tax deductible. So you have an opportunity to get market recognition, make more customers, get your name out there, and then you get to write it off at the end of the year. I mean, that's a win-win-win all the way around. Uh, anything you want to touch on on those two before we jump into the last two, George? And I think we got someone that does want to ask us a question. Um. No, I, I mean, the biggest thing is with, with, you know, if you're doing marketing from a standpoint of handouts, make sure you're using it wisely for the right people. You know, not, you know, doesn't need to go. If you think it's somebody you're never going to see again, no, don't, don't share much with them. 
You know, I mean, just you, you got to be frugal with what you're – if you're giving out hard, you know, giveaways, if you want to say. All right. We, while we're waiting on that caller to, to get screened in, let's go back to the list. Point number five on the list, consider your growth stage. Considering where you are uh, setting your market budget will also be influenced by whether your organization is in growth mode or in planning mode. Growth mode, it gives, it gives you a couple of distinctions. Growth mode, you're in, you're in growth mode. You'll need to generate top-line revenue at a faster rate, so you may need to consider deeper investments and more of that in the quick win marketing techniques. Take an initiative approach in further developing your website, so your website can become a central marketing hub rather than an online brochure. Initiate, develop, and maintain. Could could oh, excuse me. I'm trying to read it fast here. Could consume a significant part of your budget, but the reward is well worth it. Planning mode. If you're in mode of a planning mode, where steady growth is more welcome than spikes in revenue, you'll want to consider a long-term marketing play through earned media. This includes generating and publishing great inbound content and eventually earning new business over time. Number six on this, understanding current and future trends, which is what we try to bring to you here on the show. We try to help uh, let you know what's going on in the marketplace. So with those other steps being outlined there for us, George, anything you want to add to that? And I'm going to check to see if our caller has gotten screened in. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that a website is all, brings all the value in our industry, you know, from, from a small carrier. I don't think it does any more. I don't think it's worth the investment that you can't do with social media, you know, specifically Facebook. Um, I, I don't think websites are generating near the traffic that they used to. I mean, if you're a carrier and you're offering trackability and, and stuff like that, you know, but I mean, now you can almost, uh, not trackability, but I mean, for connections of people calling you, my God, Facebook makes it so easy and it's free. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't think it benefits to use Facebook to push your posts or anything. Um, but, you know, the right people that are interested in what you're doing will be following you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's go and grab Alan while we got a little bit of time left. We've got about 10 minutes left in the show. Want to go and grab Alan. Alan, you're up and on board with Rico and George. How can we help? Or do you got any comments you want to add to the conversation? Hey, Rico. It was good talking to you last week with you and Chuck. This is Alan from New York. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I, 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 hey, some of those things that you're saying are really kicking in here, you know, um, with with using a, a factoring company versus uh, waiting out and getting paid to pull them out. Um, I personally, I use a factoring company, and I, under, I, I never looked at the numbers like you guys do. But every time I go after a load, I figure my factor rate, on top of the rate that I want. Does that make sense? I understand where you're coming from. It, it, I figure it, it is. The thing that my wife, my wife, has, my wife has a hell of a problem with that. 
she wants it all. And I understand that. Like I told her, I said, if you don't have the bankroll to wait it out, you you know, you still got to have that operating capital. And what we're building at that point now, you know, like I said, I got my, I got my authority in January. Now as the bankroll is building up, it's okay. This one, this one, yeah, I don't know this guy too well. We'll factor him. This one, we know we've done business with before. We see how fast they turn around. You can send it direct to them. That's, and and, and that's a great point, Alan. That you, something that you said, something that you said there that really that that, that encourages me. You say is that the bankroll is building up. At least you're taking steps that you're not just using that as the the, the be all end all. That you're trying to accumulate some a little bit of cash to in your reserves to make sure that you can be able to, to cut off your factoring at some point. The thing about it that and, and kind of like your wife, um, you know, the, the thing. Just be honest about my situation that kind of got me a little livid was that five, that over $500 that I paid in fees. Well, damn it, I earned that money. I earned that money by the sweat of my brow. I, you know, and, and I didn't see, I, and the thing that pissed me off about it, you know, it kind of gets me upset thinking about it and talking about it now, but it really just pissed me off because that money was gone before I even touched it. And that, that, that really stuck in my craw a little bit. You know, before I even touched it, Somebody else got five hundred dollars off the sweat of my brow, and and I and I signed up for it. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't disagree I don't disagree with you. You know, and like I said, is it, with having my authority, and the big issue now is I'm in that like almost no man's land where some people will deal with me, some people won't because of my authority but, uh, Alan, and the newness of it. Alan, if, if you build your, your service and your reputation, it will come. It will take time. I remember, you know, my first year, and this was even for me with, you know, my sales background and knowing the people. I mean, there were weeks that I felt nothing was going on. But let me ask you this. When, when you do your business, you know, with your customers and get a load, you mentioned, okay, you haven't done business with this one or that I uh, – are many of them brokers, or are you dealing with some direct? Uh, right now, it's it's all brokers. Right now, I'm a one truck pony. Um, okay, but but here, here's, here's my question out, for I you. Have out, I have gone out, knocked on doors. I'm not I'm not sitting back. But the brokers that I used are my customers because they're repeat. Oh, that, the ones that I hundred percent agree with you. But my question to you is. So you you may not know about this or that or whatever with this broker. Do you have a statement that you say to them of what your payment terms are? My payment terms with my company are 15 days. 95% of my customers work with that. That you know in the industry when I was selling LTL, they put it straight out there. Payment terms are 15 days. Um, why do you feel the need to factor if you can kind of work with your customers and, or change it on your broker carrier agreement? No, I'm not agreeing to 30 days. Never thought of it that way. 15 days, this would, is, you know, that, 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 that would be totally acceptable. To turn no, around. I'm not saying I don't have a couple customers that, you know, I have one in particular that, you know, does string me out, but if people were to see what the compensation is, for the rates on some of the moves, most people would say, well, like you know, a, pay, pay me when you want to. Like I, like Kenny and Chuck and I were discussing last week, I found a little niche, and I've been averaging about 275 a mile pulling a van out of Rochester. 
Are you? I'm going to say this without mentioning. Uh, I assume you're pull, you're loading out of uh, the southeast side of town. Um, actually, I, I yeah, over towards Canandaigua Victor area a little bit. Yep. Yeah. yeah so I'll, you drop I'll, the trailer. I'll, 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 yep, and the, and they'll consolidate yep. your but, uh, the load. Yeah, a lot. That's of, great stuff. A lot of a lot a lot of the stuff that I've been hitting is um, a lot of these brokers. My my name's gotten out to a couple of customers, and I get phone calls direct from brokers now looking for, hey, I got this load coming up. You know, this is what the rate is. You know, if it's a fair rate, I don't, you know, if I, if I feel that they're being good with me, I don't, I don't try to beat them up. It's okay, that's good, you know. And if they don't, they come up with ridiculous, you know, if they're trying to get it for a buck fifty a mile, well, have a nice day. Well, and, and it's all in negotiation. Alan, I know this area. I, I live in Rochester. Actually, we live in Lima. So we, we, I, I sold the market for a long time. And, uh, you know, I think you're touching on the right thing, but it, it's an open communication. I mean, you want to work that dialogue with your customer. And, and as you said, customer may be a broker, maybe the receiver, maybe the shipper, um, you know, but you want to, you know, have the dialogue with them and show and bring your value to the table too. Right. You know, which, right. Which and then, is, and it's quite evident what you're doing. Wanted, wanted to, wanted to close out, get ready to close out the show. Now, George, there was something that I wanted to make sure that I touched on tonight from our conversation a little earlier. You were saying that sometimes when you're out on the road, you don't necessarily like to stop in the truck stops. You take a time, you know, and this all kind of goes back into marketing. You take a little bit of time and you stop and you may stay at a hotel. And you said something that was really, you know, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, please share with our audience what it was that you told us. Well, you know, I get a bunch of my buddies that always kind of, you know, pick on me, you know, whether they call me the Hampton Princess or whatever, Hilton Princess. I mean, I, I like to say it the Hampton. But here's my thing. I am out here. I want to interact with people. I want to interact with people that, you know, either I can positively influence or more importantly, they can positively influence me. Is that with business or not? However, you know, if I stop and shower at the truck stop and, you know, if I go in there, I'm probably not going to meet many people that are an influencer. But if I get up in the morning and get ready to leave the hotel at Continental Breakfast, you don't know who you're running into there. Same thing as if you're just going out to dinner or you go – you know, out to dinner and you happen to, you know, wait at the bar there for a drink, you don't know who you're standing next to. It might be a big traffic manager for somewhere. Often it is. You know, you see a lot of these guys traveling, you know, they're in the hotel. And, and I firmly believe there's a value in being there, you know, and they see, you know, your logo. A lot of times, you know, for me, they've, you know, seen my jacket or I have my polo shirt on with the logo. And they're like, oh, that's your truck out there. I'm like, oh, yeah. And they start talking because my equipment, I think, does represent well. And it, it's a little bit different, you know, when I'm out and, you know, you know, with the Kentucky and the reefer on it. They're like, gosh, what are you moving that thing? Um, but you need to do that. Same thing, you know, like, you know, we had talked a bit, you know, when I travel. You know, December, I flew up to South Dakota to buy the, pick up the truck from Joe, you know, sitting next to a gentleman that, you know, is in charge of two office furniture 
facilities, I'm sorry, three facilities in the East Coast. Nate, probably not a good fit for me, but we connected and we started talking about things. You know, you're on the flight, talk to the people next to you, or you're waiting there for a delayed flight, see what the people are doing next to you. You know, the one guy, you know, I remember one time, he kind of really wasn't talking much, but I kind of happened to overhear his conversation. Well, I could quickly put together who he was, who he worked for, and what he was doing. Kind of was interesting, you know, when you kind of say, hey, I overheard you work for, you know, Century Safe here in Rochester. Geez, are you still working there? You know, they closed everything. Oh, well, we moved everything to here. You know, it opens up the dialogue, but it's part of that. You've got to feed into the funnel because you certainly don't want the funnel to go dry. Absolutely. Well, that with that being said, we have a lot of taking our one hour allotment. Uh, want to thank everybody for taking time out of your busy schedule to support the show. Want to thank Kevin, Lisa Rutherford, the entire Less Truck team for providing us with the platform. And a special shout out and thanks to my special guest co-host for the evening, Mr. George Heck, for taking some time out to come in and impart us with a little bit of his Georgisms. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna affectionately dub him, dub it Georgism, but, uh, okay. but once again, like I said, <laughs> definitely want to thank everybody for taking time out of their schedules and everything. Uh, once again, tell a friend about the podcast. We're not we're no longer being recorded. Uh, tell a friend about the podcast. Let let someone else know that uh, is in business trying to improve. We want to try to expand what it is that we're doing here with the podcast. We want to try to bring you more in-depth information, more actionable information, things that you can do to actually add to your bottom line. We got enough people out here selling to us. We got enough people out here that are, when we, you know, basically picking at our pockets at every twist and turn. I want to, the purpose of this show is to try to help motivate, inspire, and educate the rest of our, you know, some of our other motor carrier partners, friends small business owners to do better, want better, and to get, you know, to set themselves apart and do some things that are actually going to be actionable, you know, give them some actionable tasks and some things that can make their businesses a lot more better. So that's kind of our mission here on the Race and Lanes podcast, giving you, arming you with information, put money to your bottom line, nothing that's trying to going to necessarily take money out of your pocket. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you guys next week. You guys be safe out there, and as we always say, you know, be safe, keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise, and we'll talk to you next week, God willing. God bless you, and good night, everybody. Thanks again, George. Good night. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the Ride Down the Audio Road.